Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Um, I always like having ladies' meetings because I think it's important for ladies to get together because we're so relational, right? We're so relational. We love to chat, love to talk about our kids and our husbands and what's going on in our lives. And, and um, since I have a husband and then I have three boys, I think I kind of did it selfishly because I needed that lady, con- that girl talk, you know, I needed that girl time. <laughs> but uh, I've always enjoyed having these ladies get, t- get togethers and gathers, gatherings because I think, like I said, they're very important to ladies. And so thank you all for coming this morning. We really appreciate you being here. And did you enjoy your Crux donut? <laughs> Those are big donuts, aren't they? <laughs> anyway, so let's pray before we get started. Father God, we just thank you for this morning. I thank you for each one of these ladies that are here this morning. And as Gije and Kendra and I minister the word of God, we pray that everyone will hear something that they need, something that will help them grow in their walk with you, something that will just encourage them today, Father. With the world the way it is, there's so much discouragement. We pray for encouragement this morning, Father God, to minister to these ladies. Father, just speak through our hearts, speak through our mouths, just what you want each lady to hear. And we ask you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, ladies, here we are. Kendra, thanks for being here this morning. ourselves. That probably would be a good idea. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm Pastor Nancy, that guy back there in the back that you saw running around here. That's Pastor Danny. He's, he and I are married. So we're the chief. <laughs> what was so funny about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. All right. Anyway. And uh, my husband is their oldest son, so... Yeah, the other guy back there. My name is Kendra. <laughs> and I'm Gije. Gije Swain. Can you guys say that? Gije Swain. <laughs> I'm just teasing you guys. <laughs> but how about we do something? So that way we all get into like Are you married? First of all, stuff. are you married? Oh, yes, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be married. Um, I think I'm going to be married 18 years. I got married you in 2004. Think? Is that 18 yep. years? Okay, yes, 18 years. <laughs> and um, Who are you married to? Oh, I'm 18 years married, and I'll be 19 married. <laughs> um, don't tell my husband, okay, because <laughs> he won't be happy about that. But um, let's just do something so that way we all kind of get, like, into the mood right here. And um, go ahead and stand up for a little bit. And I want you to look something that you like in the person next to you. And just just tell her that you like that thing that you see in, in you. Okay? <laughs> Something. Maybe the hair, maybe your earrings. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Kitri, Kitri, you have Jesselina in the back. What? You have Jesselina in the back. Go ahead and tell Jesselina something. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Perfect. 
Okay. Now you guys can sit down. Now that you found somebody nice in that person next to you or behind you or in front of you, now you can say, yeah, we're cool here. We're in a safe place, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. One thing that Gigi forgot to say is she's married to Rick Swain. And My husband is Rick Swain. <laughs> <laughs> I have two boys, one 14, 14 and one is 10. I'm so bad remembering the little details. But yes, he's 14 and a 10-year-old. <laughs> Kendra, tell us about your children. I have three children, two girls, 11 and 9, and a little boy who's 7, and they're very cute. They are cute because they're my grandkids. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> my kids are cute too. Yeah, yeah you are too. Are. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> so, so um, Kendra and her husband Michael are like our associate pastors here at the church. They do a lot of things here for us and really have our hearts here, um, Pastor and I's hearts. And uh, Rick and GJ are associate pastors also, and uh, they do so many things too. Decorate. GJ is an amazing decorator. She did a lot of all these flowers and just so talented. A lot of things. And and Rick helps a lot with drums on Sunday mornings. And just a great family. We are so proud of our pastoral team. Um, Pastor Danny and I just are so amazed at what these these two couples have brought to the church when they came. When Michael and Kendra graduated from Rama Bible Training School. What year was that? Two thousand nine. Nine. I was going to say that. Yay. And then Rick and Gigi have been with us about eight years, nine years. I, I have a hard time remembering that too. But 2014? Yes. Just, yeah, okay. So and what one of us lacks, it seems like the other couple picks up. And, and uh, it's Kendra and Michael are so organized. They organize all the rest of us and keep us going. And, and uh, is, we just make a great team. So we're so happy with you guys. I'll, I'll be in here. So, All right. So... Um, this morning, we're going to be talking a little bit about prayer, and um, the title of our, our, uh, the or our theme for this morning is Just Ask, and if you were wondering what that was about, it, um, it has to do with asking, you know, how we ask our kids to do things, and our kids ask us some things, and um, uh, so we're just going to talk about what that means, and, and, us, and especially in prayer, so... I'm going to read something out of an article that's in, um, in the Word of Faith magazine, which is a, uh, a magazine that comes out of uh, Hagen Ministries, where all your pastoral staff graduate from that Bible college. And so it's called Just Ask is the title of this, this article, and so I, we just borrowed it or stole it, whatever, from, from the magazine here. We borrowed it because God gave them the idea, too. And it says, Life is a series of expectations. We're expecting something either good or bad. Some people are pessimistic. They are always sure the worst will happen. Others are optimistic and look for the best, no matter what is going on around them. Our expectations are based on words. If someone said, hold out your hand, I have something for you, most people would immediately extend an eager hand. Parents have said to their kids, if you get the yard work done, we'll do such and such. The children then look forward to what they've been promised. The same is true when we're told we're getting a raise. As soon as we receive our paycheck, we look to make sure the extra money is there. Some people have even bought something new before they saw the raise. They did this because they believed what their supervisor told them. 
Before they saw an increase, they acted like they already had it. And based on what God has promised in Scripture or in our Bibles, we can expect good things. We can also be sure that he is always ready, willing, and able to pour out his blessings on us. Amen? So one of you girls want to comment on that right at this point, or should we keep going? Okay, I just remember that um, I had a friend, a very dear friend, that, um, you know, I was renting, um, my husband and I, we were renting um, the basement apartment um, of her house, and we got a lot of time to be together. And, you know, getting to know each other, I found out that she was a Christian. And so one day we were talking, and she said, and I said, so what are you believing for? Uh, what are you believing God for? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, where is your faith at? What are you believing God for? What are you asking for? And she said, um, I don't ask God for anything because I have everything that I need. And he supplies everything that I need, so I don't need to ask anything. And so I said, well, what you're telling me is no biblical because the Bible talks about ask. God is a God that wants us to ask. That's part of our relationship. And it's not just focusing on the asking, but it's part of our relationship. And, um, and she did not understand. But then, you know, as time went by, we will have, like, study time and, and stuff. And eventually she started coming to our church, and she's part of our church. And one day we were driving through Casper, to Casper, and she was talking to me because in that time she was so adamant about, I don't ask anything. I need to be thankful for what I have. I don't ask anything. So we were going to Casper, and she's like, you know what, Gijay, I cannot believe God. I cannot believe that there is people out there that don't dare to ask God for anything, she said to me. And I was like, what? And she said, um, yeah, how can there be people out there that don't believe God for anything? That they're just content where they are at, even when they're having struggles. They're not there to ask God for an answer. And I said, uh, can you repeat what you're saying? But I was in awe of hearing this change in her mindset. Before she said, I never asked anything. And now she was with this mindset of, I cannot believe, you know. And I said, have you hurt yourself? And she said, what do you mean? I said, your mentality has changed. And she said, I know even knew that I had that mentality before. I was just so kind of complacent in the place where I was at. So. Yeah, I think a lot of times people don't know what to ask God for, or they don't feel deserving to ask God right. for anything like that. Right. But the Bible says that you're a child of God. And how many of you know that your children are not shy to ask you for things, right? For They're not shy to ask you for help. They're not shy to ask you for money. They're not shy to ask you for your blessing over something. They're not shy to ask you for something that they... Uh, want to do and so I think it needs the way that God portrayed that in the scriptures you are now in my family you are a child of God and your co-heirs with Jesus you probably should be asking for some things so that you don't remain complacent yeah, yeah. so we're going to be talking about those things a little bit this after or this morning so um, let's go back over here uh, they're quoting a scripture in here from out of Matthew seven eleven. And it says, as bad as you are, you still know how to give good gifts to your children. 
but your heavenly Father is even more ready to give good things to people who ask. We have to ask. There's that thing called asking. And uh, they, they're quoting another gentleman here. It says, um, Cameron Thompson, I don't know who that guy is, but he said, heaven must be full of answers for which no one has ever bothered to ask. Isn't that amazing? Heaven must be full of answers for which no one has bothered to ask. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? Yeah. So let's, let's kind of go through some of those things and explain maybe how we um, can ask for things, how, what things we ask for. Because we want you to know how to ask for things from God. Because God is a, such a good, good father. He's willing to do things for us. He's able to do things for us. Yeah. And he wants us to do things for us. He wants us to ask big. Yes. He's a big God. Yeah. Amen? Yes. All right. Amen. And I think it's a great subject that we're talking about this. Because as we're entering into the new year, you know, what a beautiful... Um, we, in, in our church, we're talking about res, the great reset. And so um, this is a new year to reset yourself, maybe in your faith, maybe in your walk with God, in your relationships around you. And what a beautiful thing is to know, like maybe change that, switch that in you and reset it to, to the default that God created us to have. You know, in that garden, they had a beautiful relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it was Father God with humans right there, Adam and Eve, and that is the same relationship that God wants to have in us through Jesus. And so what a beautiful thing it is to, to just have that mentality that your father is interested in your, in your requests, in your desires. Mm -hmm. He's not oblivious and he's not kind of like working with children you know, they come and they ask you every time, every time, every time. But if they're happy, you know, you, 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 you're moved to go and help them. Because you just look at their smiles on their faces. And, as the, and, and we're humans. We get tired of doing that stuff. But the Bible says that God is a good father. And so I just want to encourage you, to got, you guys to kind of like open your hearts today and kind of get that reset in your mind of, Man, I can experience God in this area in my life, mm -hmm. you know, for this new year. And just start your year like this. And let me tell you one thing, girls. It's like just a quote, write down somewhere what you're deciding to do today. And then next year, go back and look at it. And you're going to see the beautiful things that are going to happen just because you dare to ask. Because if you guys are not expecting anything, God can't move because you're not expecting. You're not open to it. Yep. But when we dare to ask, he has an open room to be able to move in your favor. And that is the beautiful thing. Yeah, earlier in Matthew 7, it says, keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. So if you're not even trying to go farther in God by asking him for different things, then we can go over some things that we should be asking for right. also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. But uh, if you're not even trying to do that, how would the door be open to you if you're not even knocking? How would you find something if you're not looking for it? And how would you receive something if you're not asking yeah. for it? 
kind of like our kids when we tell them something. We're going to go to Disneyland in March. And um, they keep asking, when are we going to go? Is it time to go? <laughs> when are we going to go? They're expecting something. Right. And, yeah. and they, so they're excited about what, what parents are going to do for them. And they're, like I said, they're expecting it and they're excited and they're just say, oh, I can't hardly wait. Yeah. That's the, way, that's the expectation that God wants us to have as yeah. his children, as his daughters. He's got good things for his daughters. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so you know, you have those kids. You know, I'm a preschool teacher, so sometimes, um, like, I go around the, the, the preschool, and sometimes there's this child so frustrated trying to do something. You know, trying to tape something straight. And they're so frustrated because they can't. And you come and you say, hey, baby, why didn't you ask me for it? Mm -hmm. I could have made your work so easy. And I just, just swap it in the other way, like with God. How many times we're trying to do things on our own? And we get so frustrated. And we get so tired. And we say, but God, I cannot do this. And, and we count on God, on God, I cannot do this. But we don't dare to say, hey, God, I need your help in this. Father God, how can you bring the answer to this? And that's what we're talking about. Okay. I have an example of that. Um, for several years, Debbie Fortin and I have put up the Christmas trees that are usually in this sanctuary every Christmas. And there was one tree that we struggled with so much. We just could not get the right connections to make the tree light up. It, there'd be a part of it that would be, like I say, the top would be lit up and then the middle would be dark and then the bottom would be fine. The other, the second tree was always fine. We always got it connected right. <laughs> it was so frustrating to us. And uh, so this year, I said, Debbie, let's pray before we start. And guess what happened? <laughs> we had absolutely no problems putting that tree together <laughs> just because we asked how, how, how much God is up there in heaven waiting for us to ask. And we say, God, why don't you help me? Why don't you help me with this? And he said, he's looking, he says, why don't you ask me to help you? Yeah. He's, he's such a gentleman. He's not going to barge in and say, hey, let me help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think be... Amber wants to say something. Yeah, I would say this, Amber, God gives you desires in your heart also. So, of course, as a mother, like any natural inclination as a mother is to put your children first, right? But if you dig deeper, there's something inside of you that God has placed there. And he says, Amber, I'm calling you. And all you have to do is say, God, what is it? What is it that you want me to do? Or, or if you, there's something that you have a desire for on the inside of your heart, he's saying, ask me for that, Amber. I want to grant you. Nasai is his child also, and so is Cypress. But also, Amber, you're his child. And so he wants you to ask petitions for yourself also. He has, so I would say search your heart and say, God, what is it that I can ask for for me? Or maybe you already even know. And then I would also say this. God knows the desires of your heart already. 
So it's not like you're going to surprise him with something. <laughs> That's right. Like he, in fact, the Bible says he gives you desires. So right. there's a desire inside your heart. It's probably from him anyway, especially if you're, you're building your relationship with him and seeking after him. And so there's no shame in asking for yourself too. He wants you to know that you're important to him, that you're valuable to him. And yes, those babies too. But you, Amber, are important to him also. That's right. So Very right. I would say both. Do both. Because parents have, that's a, a valid point. Parents have, in my opinion, a responsibility, and not even just in my opinion. In the Bible, it talks about the role of parents training up their child in the way they should go. How will they ever learn to ask God for anything if you're not um, being that example for them? Asking in prayer. Right. And so, and also, we have a responsibility as parents to find out, you know, how can we help our children grow in the call of the Lord? So you need to be asking things on behalf of your children also until they get to the age where their re relationship with God is at a point where they know what to ask for. Yeah. And and it's I, not, sorry, go I, ahead. I'll you do this go real ahead. quick. And it's not just about things. Sometimes we need direction in our lives. We need wisdom to know which what direction to go. Yeah. And, you know, what wisdom to know which babysitters to get for our kids. That's so important nowadays. Yeah. And just things like that. Safety when you travel on these icy streets in Lander right now. We need those things. Yeah. It's not all about things. Yeah. Sometimes we just need, you know, like clothes and things like that. Sometimes we just need to know how to pray for other people. And we're going to show you how to do that too. But yeah. Amber, you are important to God too. Yeah. You have desires too. It's not okay that you don't ask for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And so I ask. will say, you know, um, I, I don't know if, did have, did it ha if this happens to you, but I'm, I have a very hyper personality. I cannot sit for a, long, for a long time and be still, you know. My brain is always like firing things, and, and that's the way I'm wired. So one of the things that I do, um, it's very easy for me to sit down and pray for other people, but it's really hard to ask for myself if I'm not intentional about it. That's what I'm, I'm going to. Um, so what I usually do is like I write my desires as a prayer because that's my personality my personality i'm very easy if i know somebody's in need or somebody says Gita, can you pray for me about this i'm so like i don't have to think about it it's so natural i'm praying for them and stuff but when it comes to me if i'm no intentional i i don't do it and then i struggle with myself with the trying to do things on my own and that's when we get frustrated. It's kind of like I always say, always have said, we cannot give out of an empty well. It's very hard to do that. So we have to be filled with ourselves in those petitions, in those desires, in those questionings, because as a mother, we, we have to have direction. I see single girls here, uh, as single girls, you know, you have to be praying for the right relationships. You know, because the thing is, like, one wrong decision you take in your life, it can change your whole future. You're going to go turn around. So it's better to do it before time than do it while you're in, in the midst of the, the, the storm. So I will say, you know, even for those relationships, you have a desire to get married. You have a desire to get to know somebody. Put that into the altar. God knows those desires. So the thing is, like, and this is what I think, you know, you, God knows your desires, but you're not aware of 
that you're tuning in with God for direction if you're not asking for it. So, for example, you're asking, if you say, but God knows I want to get married, so I don't need to pray for that. And then any guy comes to your way, and you're dating all of these guys, and you get into wrong relationships, it's because you yourself are not tuning in with your petition to God. So you're just going by emotions. And so, but when you're in tune with that, you're like, okay, Father, I had prayed for this. Is this where I need to go? So you see how that changes your direction. So, yeah. yeah. And let's go this way just for a little bit. In James 4, 2, it says, you have not because you ask God, because you ask, have not asked God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You will only do what will give you pleasure. The Passion Translation says, asking with corruptive motives, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. So sometimes we, we uh, may not ask right because we don't realize what we're doing, but I want to read you this story um, out of something I saw. It says, um, an elderly man found a magic lamp on the beach. After picking it up and rubbing, one, rubbing the lamp, a genie suddenly appeared and said, not, I'm not saying genies will appear when we pray, but this is just a story. It has a good illustration. So after picking it up and rubbing the lamp, a genie suddenly appeared and said, because you have freed me, I will grant you a wish. After a brief moment, the man said, my brother and I had a fight 30 years ago, and he hasn't spoken to me since, I, since, the, since then. I wish that he'll finally forgive me. There was a sudden thunderclap, and the genie said, your wish has been granted. Then after a brief moment, the genie said, most men would have asked for wealth or fame, but you only wanted your brother's forgiveness. Is it because you are old and dying? No way, the man cried, but my, mother, but my brother is dying and he's worth about $60 million. <laughs> is that kind of wrong motives? Yeah. 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 Oh, so I want you to get, you get you to see that. Sometimes we pray amiss and amiss means faulty or, or not knowing the correct way to pray. So, so that's important too. Yeah. yeah so, um, so let's go on a little bit. We have um, um, some things here, some topics or some points uh, we want to talk about as far as having a good prayer life. And uh, there, I'll read them all to, you, to us. And one is maintain a diet of God's word. Number two is pray in the spirit. Number three is remember what God did. Number four, read the stories of others. And number five, get in a corp cor corporate atmosphere of faith. And I'd like to be finished by 11.30, so hopefully we can get all these talked about. If not, we'll just pick out a couple that we need to talk about. So, number one, how is uh, maintaining a um, good, having a good diet of God's word important to our prayers? I think the biggest thing is knowing what to pray for. Like we just read in James, you know, you don't want to pray with the wrong intentions or pray for the wrong things. But if you're continually taking in God's word and you're understanding his promises to you, you're understanding um, the way that he desires that you live as a Christian, mm -hmm. if you're understanding um, how to be a good ambassador to him, things that you need in your life will become clear. And it's not just material things like mom was talking about. I was praying this morning and I'm like, you know, what should we, how should we make this clear of what? people should be asking for right, yeah. and I think let's just list some of those things off like we've been doing this big reset where we're kind of like reading the same thing in the Bible if you're following our Bible reading plan and we've been reading in Proverbs what does Proverbs say that you need 
Wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> the wisdom. whole book is about wisdom. Yes. Every single chapter, it talks about wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Well, I, for one, know that I don't have enough wisdom in my life. Sometimes I say something or do something, I'm like, well, that was stupid. But if I was asking for wisdom and expecting it to move in my life, that's a great thing to ask for because the Bible says that you need it. So that's one example that I came up with. What do you girls think? What, what would be some things that you could pray for? I think just knowing God's promises, you know, mm -hmm. getting, to, getting familiar with God's promises for your life. You know, how can I ask God for something if I don't know? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. And that is the, the what is that called? I, I don't know it in English, but like you continually praying. You continually, you're filling yourself with that faith. You're feeding that faith. But what faith are you feeding? Are you feeding just the news? or the, That's not even mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. But when you get into God's word and you know as soon, you know, I was so excited that this year I had a dream of getting a new Bible so stupid, right? I just I can go and buy it myself. But it was so cool that somebody gave me a, a gift certificate because I wanted to f start fresh and you like the big reset. I'm like, I want a new Bible because I want to start getting into the Word of God and I want to start getting fresh Word for my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And so why? Because where I was last year is not the same place where I am today. And you don't want to be there. And yeah. I don't want to be there. And so... But if we never open the word of God to know his promises, what does God say he has for your future? What does God, you know, knowing about if anything lacks wisdom, the Bible says, ask. Mm -hmm. So now you come yep. confident. Oh, man, I read that the Bible says that I need to ask with faith for wisdom. Okay, God, now I can pray because you know you're familiar with that promise. But if you don't know that promise, it's like you're aiming without, uh, shooting without aim, just aimless. So your work is a little bit harder that way than if you're getting familiar with the word of God, you go and you shoot straight to what you want to point at. You know what I'm saying? So. And, and how many of us have been in relationships and how do you get to know somebody? Like all of us before we married our husbands, didn't we get to have spend some time getting to know them? How they think, what they like to eat? what they like to drive, what kind of clothes they wear. And so getting into the Bible is just getting to know our father, how he thinks, how he acts. When we read about uh, Daniel in the, in the lion's den and how he had such faith in God, he had spent time with God. Mm -hmm. And uh, he spent time with morning, noon, and night on his knees. He was praying. He knew God. Yeah. He knew God. And so he knows how God will, what God will say. He knows that, that uh, he can trust God. He's got faith. He's got confidence. Faith is just confidence in God. How many of us have confidence in, our, in somebody? We trust them with all our heart. And that's the way we get with God when we spend time in his word. And it has to be a steady diet of his word every single day, sometimes three times a day. Feed our faith. How many of us feed our, feed our bodies three warm meals a day? Just body. But our spirit man that lives on the inside of us, we give him one cold snack a week. So where are we going to be weak at? Our faith is going to be weak. Our confidence in God is going to be weak because we haven't spent time with him. And as we spend time in the word, that word encourages us. It energizes us. I like what Hebrews 4.12 says in the Amplified. It's active, it's operative, it's energizing, and it's effective. The word of God gets down on the inside of you, 
and you start experiencing things in your life, as far as knowing God will answer your prayers, because you know him. You know what he'll do. And the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. And I, I get to the point, and I'd heard a gal say this one time, God, if that wasn't true for me, you wouldn't have put it in my Bible. Yeah. You said it. You said it. God wants us to remind us of, us to remind him of his word. Like I just said, God, you said you would protect us. You said when we dwell in your presence, you'll, you'll pour into us. And I think also that getting into his word builds our character. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, those areas in our lives that we struggle with. You know, I'm a, I'm a Hispanic girl. Can you see? So, <laughs> so my, the, the, the personality of us, we're very prideful. Very prideful. Get offended very easily. And so I, I have to struggle with that. I struggle with that. And, you know, the word of God keeps me in check. Yes. So that way, yes. when I get into the Word of God and I'm struggling with something, you know, with offense or something, and I get right there, and it immediately starts, starts pointing at my lack of character in that area. Why am I talking about character? Because when you lack character, something that is kind of like a blockage for your prayers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. everything is in, in intertwined, how do you say, like everything yep. is connected. connected. Yep. So the word of God is so important that we have to, you know, in the Old Testament, when God gave the law, he told Moses, he said, you put it in front of you. Everywhere you go, it, it, it has to become like a seal in your head. It has to be in your front. But we have a society nowadays in the Christian church. I'm not even talking about non-Christians. Christians that we never get to pray or open our Bibles. And then we wonder why we're not happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So. As we, the Bible talks about in John, I didn't write it down, but it says, Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. If my words abide in you. You're those, see, I can't even say it right. I don't, it's in John. It's one of the things that Jesus had. But it um, talks about when you're abiding in the word, then you're going to have a fruitful life. Um, I know when I'm spending time in the Word in the mornings, and I don't have children at home anymore, and I don't have to get them, get them up and get them out to go to school and all that. So I have more time maybe than some people do. But if I don't spend time with the Lord every single morning, my day is so busy that I will never find time during the day to spend time with the Lord. It's like busyness gets in the way. Life gets in the way. And that's not good because you, you're frustrated it seems like things don't go right. You're, you're, I'm not fruitful. And sometimes, you know, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. When the Word of God's in you, those things come out a whole lot more. Yeah. When you don't spend time with the Lord, it's like you're fruitless. You have no peace. You have no joy. You have, you're not good to people. You're, you're grumpy. You're, you're cranky. Yeah. I should talk to myself. But I notice the difference. Yeah. I notice the difference. And I, and I like being fruitful a whole lot more. Yeah. And, you know, we have to be intentional in these things. Oh, yeah. Because it, it won't just happen. If you think it's just going to happen so you can get into it, it's never going to happen. You have to make yourself do it. And that's what I love about the program, the reading program, that, you know, if you don't have half an hour, you can have five minutes to do yeah. a devotional time. You have 10, you have 15 
you know, minutes to do it. It doesn't matter. It's not the amount of time you do it, but just dedicating a time to do it. Yes. You know, especially when you're a busy mama, like, you know, like us, or just busy. I know Kitrit is no, is no a mom, but she's busy all the time, you yeah. know? And so, and many of us, but if we're not intentional about it, you know, I am, I go, you know, sometimes I do it in the morning, sometimes I do it at night, sometimes I know I do it in the morning or at night, I have to do it on my lunchtime, sometimes I don't do it, on, but I have to make sure I do it. Because if not, guess what happens? And I notice it so much that my flesh starts getting on the way. I start getting so emotional. If I let three days go by and I did not take that time, I start noticing in my attitudes. Oh, I get so like snappy and all of that stuff. But that's when I have to kind of check myself. Oh, wait, I know what I'm lacking. Mm -hmm. I haven't been connected. Like I was telling the youth the other day, you know, uh, us, us that we got one of those new cell phones, right? The 14, we got so excited. But that thing can do so many things. The camera can be so awesome. But if we don't charge it, it doesn't do anything. It's like us. If we don't charge ourselves with the word of God, we're fruitless. Because we need to connect ourselves. So we have to be intentional about it. If we're not intentional, it's not magically going to start making you do it. No, you have to want to do it. So. And when you are intentional, just like EJ said, hearing comes from the word of, or hearing, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you're intentional about putting the word of God inside of you, that's where you get the faith to ask. And I was looking at James chapter uh, 1 this morning. It says in verse chapter, in verse 6, it says, Make sure you ask, empowered by confident faith, without doubting that you will receive. Yep. Well, how do you get that confident faith if you're like, I don't know if I should be asking for this, or I don't even know if this is something that God would grant in my life. Well, if you're in the Word of God, that's how your faith gets built up, and that's how you can ask, empowered by confident faith, without doubting that you will receive. And it says, For the wavering person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas, driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? So the way to keep yourself from that condition, to keep yourself from wavering, being tossed to and fro, is by staying in the word of God and understanding what you should be asking for, what his promises are for you, what you... Um, now are, I don't want to say the word deserve, what you are now uh, able to receive because you are a co-heir with Jesus. Not because you deserve it, because Jesus redeemed you. But now you're, you're understanding, hey, this is something that I'm able to receive in my life, or this is something that I need in my life to do God's work. Right? Mm -hmm. And if we want something bad enough, how bad, you know, like pastor says, and he got from our pastor, he says, if we want something bad enough, we'll do it. So pray for a desire to know God more. Yep. That's a scriptural prayer because God would, he wants you to crave him. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing to pray. Yeah. Um, one of the things, Kendra, you were talking about, what things can we ask for? Yeah. Um, in, in Paul's prayer in Ephesians, um, Paul is asking God to give us spiritual wisdom and insight. He's, he's praying for the Ephesians and also in Colossians. 
He says, I asked God. He, said, he was talking to the Colossian church and the Ephesian church, and he was saying, I'm asking God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give spiritual wisdom and understanding. And um, in Timothy, I'm, I'm just going to go through these. In Timothy 2, 1, in praying for our leaders, how many of us like a lot of our leaders right now? But Paul says, ask God to help them. Paul says that. And, and then I'll go back up to Paul's prayer in Ephesians again. He says, I pray for you constantly, asking God to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. And when I saw that about we can pray God's word for people. If there's people in our lives that um, need help from God and you're praying, oh, God, please help them, please help them, please help them. Do you know that's not scriptural? He says, ask that, that, uh, that they have spiritual wisdom and insight and knowledge of his will. If they don't know what to do with, with their lives and yourself. God, I thank you that you're giving me complete knowledge of your will. You're giving me spiritual wisdom and understanding. And you can put somebody else's name in there. God, I ask you to give my sister complete knowledge of your will and to give her spiritual understanding, wisdom and understanding. Put your name in there. Put their name in there. And there was a time when I, I was praying those prayers for others, and um, I read one of Brother Hagin's books, and I should have known this, but I just forgot about it. But it's okay to ask for yourself for wisdom. It's okay to pray for yourself in those areas. And Brother Hagin did it one time. It was winter that he prayed all those, those prayers in Ephesians and Colossians. He said thousands of times. And he said the revelation knowledge that he got about the word was just, just amazing to him. He asked his, his wife, what have I been ministering on? What have I been preaching? It's like I don't know anything. And those prayers are not, Amber, those are something that I found out I could pray those for myself. And it was okay. I thought I was selfish praying for myself. But no, it's not. When you need spiritual wisdom, you need spiritual guidance. You want to grow in the things of God. It's okay to pray for yourself. You and know what? Sorry. Go I mean, and I, and I, I'll say this. And then I think, I think that prayer is, is based on relationship with the Father. Oh, yeah. And, and, and your, your word time. And like I said, as, you get to, as we get to know the Father, we know what he thinks. We know what he asks for. We know what he wants for us. He wants us to have like in John, he wants us to have, First um, John, uh, peace in our hearts and health in our bodies. He wants us to have those things. Because he's a good father. He, he wants us to have those things that are in the word. So when you get to know the word, then you really know how to pray. Yeah. No, and I was just going to say, you know, one of the things that we should be asking God for is to get to know him more. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, get to know him more. Yeah. Because everything comes from that relationship. Yes. You know, I, I remember that, like, I, I received the Lord in the 19, I was uh, 17 years old, 1998, when I, 1997, actually, when I received the Lord in my heart. And I remember that there was such a movement in that, in that time of seeking God's presence, getting to know his heart. And I don't know where we started the DVD going the other way and you know start missing it that we start focusing in oh me mm -hmm. you know what I want what I need what I wish what I had what I this and everything is about me and we have forgotten that it's all about him because when we get to know him better everything is going to change in us because we're going to everything is kind of like that foundation we're going to be established on that and everything else is going to shift and it's going to work out because we're doing God's will right there. You know, um, 
Jeremiah 29, everybody knows 29.11, right? What does it say? For I know the plans that I, that I have for you, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope, right? But I love verse 12 where it says, you will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you search me with all of your heart. You know, we, we forget that other part. Mm-hmm. And that's how God's desire for us. Then you go to Jeremiah 33. 3. And what does that say? Do you guys know it? Call unto me. Call unto me. And I will answer you and tell you great and incomprehensible things you do not know. So that's his desire. So if you hear somebody out there and say, oh, you go to that church where they just talk about asking, you know, you go to that church, you know, and, and they made a st- make, make a thing like, my English today is perfect. Uh, they make it seem that we're so off, but it's right here in the Word of God. The Bible says that every statement of truth is established by two or three witnesses. And how many scriptures have we said about that's God's desire for us? Jesus said, when you ask in my name, it will be done to you. That was Jesus. That's the heart. And Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Because everything that I tell you, I have heard from my Father. And the things that I tell you are things that he tells me to tell you, in other words. So his heart is that we establish that relationship because he wants us to be successful in life. But if we're not connected to him, he even said, you can do nothing. And we're flipping and flopping everywhere, every area, questioning things because we're trying to do it on our own. And I think it's interesting that there's a God side and and our side. He says, call unto me, and I will do this. If, and then there's, if you will do this, then I can do this. So there's two sides on this equation. Yeah, there's action required from us, asking and seeking. Yeah. I was thinking, too, about, I feel like a lot of times in this society, anxiety is a big thing. Fear, anxiety, worrying about things. And, you know, the Bible talks about that so often about how not to have anxiety and how not to have fear. So if that's something that you're struggling with, anxiety or fear, that's something that you can ask for. You can say, God, I want more of you and less of this anxiety. I want more of you. There's a a verse in Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, which means definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Or I'm going to read it out of the Passion. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. It's literally a peace that we can't even understand with our natural bodies, but it's something that our spirits understand. God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. If you are working towards this heart issue of, God, what do I need more of in my life and less of in my life in order to grow in you? 
you'd be amazed when you just tell him every detail of your life so his wonderful peace can come into you. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I love that that said faith-filled prayers. Yeah. The Passion Translation is so amazing in some things. That's Philippians 4, 6, 6, 7, yeah, 6 and 7. Yeah. And I read it out of the Passion and the Amplified. And so you might say that, well, I'm so anxious about everything in my life. I, I, there's no way I can get over mm-hmm. being anxious and, and, and fear. It's just so much a part of me. Well, we beg to differ with you. Yeah. Because if God says you can live in peace, you can live without fear, then God wants you to have that. Yeah. He wants you to experience that. And, and like, I think, DJ, you said this in the beginning, too. Even if you feel like you're, you're not worthy of it, oh, but God thinks you're worthy. He knows you're worthy. He knows you're, you need it, so he has it for you. Yeah. So we can ask him for it. Yeah. Yeah, and if, and the, if the Bible said it, fear not. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. It's faith. Yeah. How, faith isn't so, sometimes it's not easy. Yeah. But when we can trust God, we know that God, if God said it in his word, he sa- and he says what he means, and he means what he says. That is right. You know, it just reminds me of that story we read this week about Lazarus, oh, you know, yes. and, and, and just looking at Mary and Martha, you know, it says that when he came back after they have sent for him, and he came back two days after, you know, Mary, no, Martha came running towards Jesus, right? And Father, why? And Mary no even came because she thought, Probably she got hurt, right? Now he comes, he's late. My brother has been dead for many days. What did Jesus say? Didn't I tell you that if you only believe, you won't see the glory of God? So many times, the, the, the life is not just going to be smooth and easy and everything is going to be like roses, right? On, on, on the ground and you're going to walk in a bed of roses. No. Sometimes, you know, we are that faith is being worked on. We have struggles. We have all of that. But we have that peace and that promise of God. You know, I love that's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So even though everything, it's not going good, that peace is going to reign in your heart. Because you know who's in control. Yeah, and later in Second Thessalonians 3.16, it says something similar. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of his kingdom, at all times and in all ways, under all circumstances and conditions, whatever comes. Yeah. And so that's just what Gijay's saying. We're, we can't stand up here and say you're never going to experience hardship. In fact, the Bible says, in this world, yeah. you will have troubles Troubles but take heart yeah but take heart i have overcome the world that's what jesus says he says you don't have to be worried about it so this is what we're saying is no matter what's going on in your life no matter what you're facing you can have the peace of god just ask right just Just ask ask. yeah i just want to read one more scripture i know that we are about to finish but psalms 32 8 says Many times in life, we're struggling with direction, right? What to do? It's not just about the material things that we want or a trip we want to take or the money we want to get. Many times it's about, men. I just don't know what to do. And the Bible says in Psalms 32, 8, it says, I will instruct you and show you the way to go. 
With my eye on you, I will give you counsel. So you can pray for direction mm -hmm. and say, God, thank you that your eye on me is giving me counsel and I know where to go. So those are things that if you, listen guys, receive Jesus, and I know that we are, can all witness here, but receive Jesus when I was 17 years old. And I have looked the faithfulness of God every step of the way. And I'm telling you, I haven't seen everything yet. Mm -hmm. So much more out there. And so, you know, one of my, my desires is that you guys get into that experience with God. That no matter what you're going through, you can see the hand of God in your life. You can experience God as real. Yeah. Not as the big guy on heaven and I'm right here like nothing. No, it's a relationship. It's a father and child relationship. What's that? Oh, can I? <laughs> no, you know, it's just about that, about being, having that relationship with your heavenly father. And there is just something that I want to share. I don't know why, but I'm very inclined to share this. You know, many times we, we tend to think, this petition, it's so dumb. How can I bother God with this? Oh, my gosh, no, this is not important. For you single people, one of the main things is who are you going to spend the future with? And God is so interested in you because he wants you to flourish in your future. That's right. And, you know, there was one time I remember that I was about to enter into a relationship with a guy that I really liked. Really liked. I only seen the good side on this person. And I went to my room and I kneel. I remember on my knees, I was like 20 years old. And I said, Lord, my emotions are getting so like involved, I have feelings for this guy, but I do not know. I want to do your will. That's has always been the desire of my heart is to do God's will. I don't want to go to the left. I don't want to go to the right. I want to stay in the middle of his will. And I said, God, if you know my future, I don't know it, but you do. And I said, God, I am so like involved in this emotional relationship that if I see this guy one more time and some of you have heard this story I said um, if I see him one more time I don't I won't have the willpower to tell him no and I said God I'm asking you for a miracle this guy had come to my town for with a contract with the Corp of Peace for two years and he was only in his first year and he was talking to me about getting married and all of this stuff and I said, God, I can't. So the miracle that I ask is that you place him somewhere else where I can not see him again because I won't be able to tell him no if he's not the one. But I don't want to mess up my calling. So I pray like a, a, like a Thursday. I went over the weekend to my parents and came back Monday, and I saw this guy everywhere I went. But Monday passed, Tuesday passed, Wednesday came. I didn't see him anywhere. So I asked, and I told the lady that we, we used to go and eat to this lady's house. I said, have you seen Paul? And she said, you don't know what happened? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, let me tell you. She said, on Saturday, he was drinking with my husband. I, I didn't know he drank. He, he drank. And she said, he got very, very drunk. And she said, he started a fight. He was a vet veteran from the war so he was uh, you know he will get all like aggressive and stuff so I guess this guy from another gang from a gang came 
and start instigating him, he beat him up. And the guy was a minor, even though he was in the gang, he was a minor, so the police came, took him, and they gave him an immediate deportation because he was from the United States. I never saw him again. And for me, it just shows the faithfulness of God. You know, there is no petition. If it's important to you, it's important to him. Yes, go ahead. I will say you thank God for the answer. Yeah, you know, because he already know your desire. You already pray for it. So you can approach it for, Father, thank you that I have the answer yes. of my petition. And you have the right time, the perfect time, the perfect place for that. And thank you that I am waiting patiently with faith for that answer to be manifested. I don't know if you and guys have another. Well, Jesus talked about asking and asking over again. And one of the stories he shared was in Luke 11. And it says, um, or Luke 11, 5. He said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and will say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine who is on a journey has just come and I have nothing to put before him. And he from within his house will answer, don't disturb me. The door is now closed and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and supply you with anything. I tell you, although he will not get up and supply him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his shameless persistence and insistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So Jesus is telling the people this. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it shall be given to you. Bless you, Judy. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door shall be open to you. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. So the Bible, I would say this. Give me scripture and verse for that, right? What you're saying is, um, how do I know that, um, or how do I not feel guilty? Give me scripture and verse where it says, feel guilty for asking and asking and asking. It doesn't. But here's scripture and verse right here for saying, keep on asking, girl. The door is going to be open to you. So it doesn't mean that you're not in faith. And by faith... If we believe that we received it before we actually see it happening, you can thank God for that. You can say, thank you, God, for this, you know. So both, I think both ways. Don't be ashamed to keep asking, but also say, thank you, Father, for fulfilling this desire in my heart according to your word. Make sure you have thankfulness in your prayer. Mm-hmm. But don't, don't get in guilt. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. Don't get I'm in sorry. guilt. That's right. Thanksgiving is, and praise are good forms of prayer also. They're one of the highest forms of prayer. So that's always important to Tell God thank you after you pray. Thank you, God, for answering my prayer. One thing that's on my heart real quick before we close this up is one thing that we really need to ask for is love. It is so easy in our world, what Gigi was saying about getting offended, and um, one of the biggest ways that you can demonstrate God's love to other people is by loving loving others yourself. Does that make sense, what I just said? So, uh, being an example of God's love. So how can you do that? Your love, let me tell you, is not sufficient enough, but God's love is. So one of the best things you can ask for, if you're 
Um, if you're actually seeking, God, what can I do in my life to make a difference for you? And not just, hey, I'm asking these things for my own benefit, but what can I do, Father, to further your kingdom? One of the best things you can ask for is love. The Bible says God's love is shed abroad in your hearts. One of the things that we pray in the morning when we're going to school is, God, I thank you that your word says that your love is shed abroad in my heart. Send me to people who need your love. Right? Because having God's love, which is sufficient for everything, is going to make a big difference for the kingdom of God. So if you're worried about being selfish and I should just ask for myself, ask for something for the kingdom also. And love is a great, is a great way to go. That's right. Hallelujah. Oh, we didn't get very far. <laughs> let's everybody stand. We've been sitting for a while, so let's stand. Stretch a little bit. Raise your hands and praise the Lord. Praise God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for this morning, Father God. We thank you for your word. Your word is so good to us. Because you are a good father. Father, I thank you that the word is something that will be around forever. And it's, that it's um, something that we should cherish every single day of our lives, Father. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for the word that's gone forth this morning, Father. The people, the gals here have heard the same word, but I believe they've all heard something different. What they've needed to hear, what they need to take from here today. And so, Father, I thank you that as these people go... These ladies go today, that you will go with them. We plead the blood of Jesus over our, each one of us for safety and protection. And we thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you that you're good. You're good all the time. You're a good, good Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus. If you're here today, I just want to take a time that if you're here today, um, just keep your eyes closed for a second. And maybe you've been a little bit astray in your relationship with God. And, and you say, man, I haven't even been connecting with God. Or maybe you have never done or come to Jesus with everything and accept him in your heart. And right now you say, man, I just want to experience that God. I just want to experience that love. I just want to experience that relationship, those promises. And so I will just say, if, if, if that is you and you want to um, come to Jesus and have a new birth, because Jesus said that when we come to him, it's like you're being born again. You are being born again in the spirit. And if you want that, I just will invite you to just raise your hand right there where you are. And maybe you, you have Jesus, but you just been disconnected with him. And you say now, Jesus, I just want to reset my relationship with you. I want to come back to you. I want to fix that relationship. Go ahead and raise your hand too and, and just um, we're going to do this prayer and just get into that relationship with Hallelujah. him. And just say, Father God, Father God, I know, I know that I need you. That I need you. I ask you, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart. To come, come into, into my, my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my savior. Be my savior. And today, and today, I receive you in my heart. I receive you in my heart. And I'm born again. I'm born again. And Father, and Father, thank you. Thank you. Because from now on, because from now on, I will live for you. I will live for you with all my heart. With all my heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. 
Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.